It's been around the world. It's happened through the centuries. Artists have painted that scene. The scene shows two men standing facing one another. One's in the uniform of authority while the other is in chains as a prisoner. What is it that makes this scene so fascinating? I invite you to listen in as I read about it from John's Gospel, chapter 18, and I'll begin reading with verse 33. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own? Or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, Am I, am not I, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I'm a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Listen to what the Spirit is saying to the church today. It was in 1796... An ambitious young man rapidly rose through the ranks of the French army and then was given a command and led a brilliant campaign with his armies in Italy. And it was just three years later that he participated in the overthrow of the French government and established himself as emperor. His ambitious expansion in Europe continued until his disastrous campaign in Russia in 1812. By 1814, he had surrendered and been exiled to Elba. Napoleon thought he could be great by founding an empire on military force. And perhaps it's worth listening to the words that he wrote near the end of his life. Here's what Napoleon said. Alexander, Caesar, Charlemagne, and myself founded empires. But on what did we rest the creations of our genius? On force. Jesus Christ alone founded his empire on love. And at this hour, millions of men would die for love of him. There were many in Jerusalem who knew about Jesus. In fact, it seemed that Lately, every time this rural rabbi visiting from his home state to the north in Galilee, every time he came down to Jerusalem, something exciting happened. It appeared, actually, he was always in trouble with the authorities. There was not a Jerusalem resident who did not know how much the temple leaders disliked Jesus. So no one, no one was really surprised when Jesus showed up for this year's Passover festival and was arrested. Clearly, the authorities had decided to put a stop to his preaching and teaching once and for all. Last night, while he was praying across the valley in the Garden of Gethsemane, soldiers quickly surrounded him and the trio of disciples there with him. He was taken to the palace of Annas, the retired high priest. Through the remaining hours of the night, they interrogated him. 
There was no doubt that he had violated practices for the temple. There was no doubt that they wanted to get rid of him. But they were limited in their options. Only the Romans had the authority to carry out a permanent solution. And Jewish heresy was not a capital crime for the Romans. What charge could they use to persuade the Romans to act against Jesus? Treason. That would do it. No government is likely to ignore treason. So early the next morning, with Jesus in tow, there they were at the door of Pilate, the Roman governor. Once inside, they made their charges. Jesus claimed to be a king, and only Caesar can be king. Now, more than likely, see, uh, Pilate would have preferred not to have this internal quarrel on his doorstep this morning. But here it was. He made his way to the hearing chambers and had Jesus brought before him. Jesus stood quietly before the governor. Pilate looked him over from head to toe. And then recalling the words of the temple leaders who had brought him in, he asked Jesus, so are you the king of the Jews? Jesus lifted his eyes to the face of Pilate. Are you asking for yourself or for others? Pilate bristled. Do I look like a Jew? If you're the king of the Jews, then your own people have denied you. They're the ones that brought you to me. What have you done? I am not king of the Jewish commonwealth, Jesus replied. If this were my commonwealth, my subjects would be here to defend me. But my commonwealth is not of this world. Pilate smiled. He had him now. So you're admitting that you claim to be a, Jew, a king. Jesus calmly replied, you're the one who says I'm a king. I came into the world to reveal what is true. Everyone who recognizes the truth follows me. They are part of my commonwealth. When we think about the kingdom of Jesus, or as I use the term now, commonwealth of Jesus, since we don't really have kings and kingdoms anymore, and commonwealth expresses something about that's true even today, when we think about the commonwealth of Jesus, we typically think about nations, whether it's political or geographical. And perhaps, just perhaps, that's what was in Pilate's mind. Notice that Jesus quickly pointed out that his commonwealth is not found in political structures or geographical organizations. It's found in a community of faith living God's way. So I have a question this morning. Where is the commonwealth of Jesus? When rural farm families walk in from the mountains in the Philippines to a small one-room church building and join their voices in songs of praise to God. Where's the commonwealth of Jesus when well-dressed people fill the pews in a large city cathedral and join their voices to the music of the organ to sing hymns? Where's the commonwealth of Jesus when deacons and elders gather around the table to receive and distribute the bread and cup to those in the sanctuary? Where is the commonwealth of Jesus when men and women and youth and children gather to talk and care about one another? Where's the commonwealth of Jesus when members of the church take time to encourage one another? When one is having a hard time, where 
is the commonwealth of Jesus. It is in every group of two or three who gather in his name. Where is the commonwealth of Jesus when a teen tells a group of friends, I can't do that, it's wrong, and turns away, heart aching from the pressure of friends and the prompting of an active conscience? Where's the commonwealth of Jesus when a parent with great determination declines working overtime to be sure of attending a child's program at school? Where's the commonwealth of Jesus when a man refuses to laugh at a joke made at the expense of another's race or disability or appearance? Where's the commonwealth of Jesus when a woman decides not to buy a long-awaited appliance for the home in order to keep a financial pledge made to the church? Where's the commonwealth of Jesus when someone responds to the anguished report, I'm sorry, I was wrong, with the words, I forgive you? Where's the commonwealth of Jesus when a man and woman painfully work their way through problems and conflict? because they made wedding vows years before. Where is the commonwealth of Jesus? It's in every person who makes a decision about behavior and chooses to live by the ways of God. Where's the commonwealth of Jesus when people gather early to prepare the food, to arrange the bedding, and organize to welcome the homeless to a night of rest at the Lum Homeless Shelter? Where's the commonwealth of Jesus? When somebody, someone just drops by to see a shut-in, talking, listening, touching, praying. Where's the commonwealth of Jesus? When someone watches children at play to be sure they're safe or teaches a Sunday school class to be sure they know that God loves them or decides not to do something because it'd be a poor example for young people. Where's the commonwealth of Jesus? It is in every person or group who serve Jesus by serving the least. Where is the commonwealth of Jesus? When a woman asks a new co-worker if he has a church and then invites him and his family to attend hers. Where's the commonwealth of Jesus? When a neighbor drops by to talk and then asks a question about faith and is told about Jesus. Where's the commonwealth of Jesus when a missionary completes arduous training and arrives to share the good news of God's love with those who've never heard? Where's the commonwealth of Jesus? It is in every person or group who shares their faith with Jesus with someone who never knew him. When asked about life in this world, We could describe it in terms of nations and national events and talk about geopolitics. Or we could refer to business and trade and talk about economics. One could talk about racial and ethnic groups, telling about their history and various strengths. One could talk about social groupings and explain social and psychological trends. How does one find the commonwealth of Jesus in this world? Look for people of faith, the community of faith. There you will find the commonwealth of Jesus providing spiritual power beyond imagination. Where is the commonwealth of Jesus? It's here. It's everywhere that people who entrust their lives, their beliefs, their attitudes, and their behavior to Jesus. That's where the commonwealth of Jesus is. That's where it is. Will you pray with me?
Oh God, we thank you for Jesus. You're hard to know. We can't see or touch you. And yet there's Jesus, concrete, real, alive. Teaching, loving, caring, healing, forgiving. Thank you for him and the way he brings us into your presence and makes us part of your family. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.